And when somebody begins to share with you deep from their heart something they're struggling with and you're interacting with them about it and you really feel the compassion of the Lord, then go ahead and, and say, hey, would you mind if I pray for you? You know, you can even say, like, I, I know that this might not be something that you believe, but I, man, when I hear what you're going through, I'd love to pray for you. And if their faith in God is at an absolute zero, they might resist. But even if people have just a little inkling of faith, they'll almost always say yes, especially if they know you. And, and then you have an opportunity to really like say whatever you want in Jesus' name and really ask God to do a work in them that they could then connect directly to the Lord. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you're going to hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission and community and discipleship. Today's episode is from one of our coaching intensives called Made for Mission, where we coach others on how to practically live out the command of Jesus to go and make disciples in our Western context. So if you want to learn more about A Thousand Houses or check out some of our resources, visit one kh. All right, guys, so we need to talk about how to bridge the gap into having real gospel-centered conversations with people that we're meeting when we're on a mission and building relationships with. So at this point, you should have a good idea of what your field is. You've done a lot of sort of seed sowing in your field. You're meeting people. You're figuring out how to do that. You're building relationships. But oftentimes people wonder, okay, how does this actually become a gospel conversation? How do, how do we actually get into the meat of this? What if that's not happening? Um, what does that look like? So we want to give you guys five tools for how to bridge the gap from meeting uh, people that are not yet believers into having conversations with them about the gospel that could lead to them uh, actually making a decision for Jesus. Uh, and so I think at the beginning of this, it's always important to remember that um, we never want to treat people of peace like their projects. We really want to be uh, falling in love with them at a heart level. The scriptures say to love each other sincerely. And so when we talk about using tools to bridge the gap, it's really to make sure that there are just natural things that we're doing in our lives and in these relationships that are deepening the relationships. And the overall framework we've given you guys for that is this invitation challenge framework, which is something we want to do in every relationship that we have. We want people to be doing that with us. We want to have relationships for, with us, that people are having friendships, our marriage where there's invitation challenge going on in those relationships. And we need to be providing that for others. And when you have conversations and relationships with non-believers, you need to also toggle invitation and challenge and make sure that that relationship is going deeper, deeper in your connection with each other, deeper in meaning. And that means you don't want to get stuck never talking about anything of real significance. So how do you actually bridge that gap? I'll give you guys five uh, ways to do that. The first way and the best way always for having these conversations is when they just naturally start asking questions. So you want to live a kind of lifestyle that inspires questions. When they start to get to know your life and they see things about your life that is just totally unique, when they see you live in a community, for example, that loves loves each other, when they see things going on in your family life that is that are really intriguing uh, for them, ways that you're handling challenging circumstances, ways that you're trying to follow Jesus, these things naturally inspire questions for people. And so we want to be living that lifestyle and we want to be engaging in those conversations and we want to give people time 
to absorb things about our lives in such a way that they would naturally ask questions. And that gives them a little more control of the speed of how we're going into these deep, more meaningful things. A lot of times people feel a little bit threatened by uh, deeper conversations at first. And so it's always a little bit tough to know in a relationship with uh, someone that maybe you're just getting to know wh where that line is, when they're gonna start becoming comfortable with having those conversations. But some people, man, the first five minutes you're talking to them, they're like digging into, tell me about this, What's, why do you do that? And so those are, those are people piece that are obviously really easy to have deep conversations with. Others, not, uh, it may not come up right away, but it may come up more naturally over time. So we wanna be enfolding them in relationships, interacting with them in such a way that they see our lives and are asking great questions. So that's always the number one, the number one way to do that. I would say a second one that is also really great is to invite them into an experience of a family spiritual rhythm. So some kind of thing that you might be doing as a family that has kind of the, the connotation of your beliefs. And so we would do this, for example, on a Sabbath dinner. And so we, you want to be doing uh, spiritual rhythms as a family that would allow people to see those things. And if you have those, then, then oftentimes it's great to invite people into them. Because uh, after a dinner like that, there's gonna be a lot of questions. And if, unless they are really trying not to ask questions, generally speaking, they're gonna wanna talk about it. Or you know, if you have, grab coffee afterwards or the next conversation, they might just say, hey, tell me a little bit about this. This could also be in a holiday setting. So you can look at all the different holidays and try to figure out, okay, is there something, is there a party we can throw or something we can do that would be comfortable for our friends that aren't believers to come into this, this experience and we could share some things about what this means to us and to our family or to our community and then they can uh, decide what they wanna do with that. They wanna ask questions, they wanna go deeper. Um, how are they feeling about being exposed to our faith? Um, and so people are oftentimes very curious and feel very honored to be invited into those things. One of my favorite ministries in Israel that, uh, that some have said ha has had the most impact as far as people coming to faith, um, even from other faiths, is a particular group of, of people who throw elaborate parties around all of the Christian, Jewish, and Muslim uh, holy days. And during each of those parties, somebody from their community will always share a testimony. Um, about what this holiday means to them and, and really root it back into their Christian faith. Uh, so this, this has really brought a lot of people to faith uh, and they have seen incredible success because people are really curious and they wanna see what it's like, um, how you guys practice your faith. But oftentimes they feel like it's a very private thing and maybe they don't, they're not allowed to have access. And so there are so many people, particularly people of peace will really appreciate being invited to these kinds of things. All right, number three is to just simply offer to pray for them when they mention that they're struggling with something. Now, there are certain people that will take this very well and other people that might hesitate, but we're gonna get into what Jesus talks about and tell his, tells his disciples to do when they encounter a person of peace. And this is one of the first things Jesus tells them to do is to pray for them. Uh, and so oftentimes we might hesitate to do that, but man, really listen to the Holy Spirit in those moments. And when somebody begins to share with you deep from their heart something they're struggling with and you're interacting with them about it and you really feel the compassion of the Lord, then go ahead and, and say, hey, would you mind if I pray for you? You know, you can even say, look, I, I know that this might not be something that you believe, but I, man, when I hear what you're going through, I'd love to pray for you. And if their faith in God is at an absolute zero, they might resist. But even if people have just a little inkling of faith, they'll almost always say yes, especially if they know you. And, and then you have an opportunity to really like say whatever you want in Jesus' name 
and really ask God to do a work in them that they could then connect directly to the Lord. So that's a huge way that, that uh, people uh, introduce their faith into a relationship um, with, a, with a person of peace or someone who's not a believer. The fourth thing is to invite them to join a gospel discovery experience, something that there's more, more of like a systematic way of, um, of experiencing and hearing the gospel. This is especially important for people that have a religious background and have left the faith. Um, so they oftentimes will have a lot deeper questions and a lot of preconceived ideas about the gospel. We're going to talk a lot more about this um, in, in some upcoming videos. The tool I like to use uh, for this particular step is the Storyform Life. And so I absolutely love it when a not-yet-believer will join a Storyform Life group. There'll be believers, there'll be people that aren't believers. And because we do it in a midrash style that's very interactive, very discussion-oriented, and we also do it in a way that doesn't assume that you have lots of information or that you even believe what we're talking about, what we're really trying to do is understand what this particular story is trying to tell us. This is a place where a lot of times a not-yet-believer will really put their guard down and enter into the conversation. Um, again, a lot of what we're talking about here isn't really uh, inspiring lots of conflict and disagreement and arguing. Um, this is really a way to continue to increase that invitation challenge, invite them deeper into relationship, and then go deeper into what's meaningful in the relationship for them and for you. So I love inviting not yet believers into something like this, and it's really important to know, do you have a tool like that in your tool belt? Um, is there a way that if somebody really needed a process of discovering the truth of the faith um, that would take maybe a number of weeks, do you have something you would invite them to? The Alpha program is also very similar in this way. There are other programs that I think really are helpful, but I really believe it's important for us to be attached to some kind of process like that that we can participate in and invite our not yet believers into that are friends and people of peace. The fifth one, you guys, is to have one-on-ones with them and ask deep questions. And so I love this one. This is my favorite because I just enjoy this the most. I love grabbing a beer or a coffee with a night of believer and just having a deep conversation and figuring out what's in their heart and, uh, and getting, getting, getting right into it and see what kind of questions they have. And, uh, and so I, I think it's important not to hesitate to do this and to, uh, and to have that conversation. Again, this really is challenging for some people, and so it may require a fair bit of invitation before they would say, oh yeah, I'm comfortable just hanging out with you one-on-one and having a conversation. That sounds and feels totally natural. Uh, and, and so because oftentimes I try to uh, have build my relationships with people of peace in a little bit more um, relational environment, oftentimes they will feel comfortable immediately afterwards grabbing a coffee with me or whatever and having those deep conversations. And so then I can know exactly where they're at, I can build that relationship, and I can really find out almost immediately and, and very kind of specifically where we're at from an invitation challenge perspective. So that's the fifth thing. Um, those are just some tools. Now I want you guys to think about, do you have a map um, that, would, that would kind of comfortably, through this sort of invitation challenge process, take somebody from not knowing you very well at all all the way up to potentially being enfolded into a believing community. I like to actually draw out the map uh, that, that I would use. This is not to say that there's any formula at all to this process. There really isn't. What I, what I do care about is that if there's a giant gap you know, that people are just going to fall right into in one of these steps, then likely it's going to be difficult to see anybody jumping over that giant gap. So I'll give you guys an example visually of what... Uh, a map might look like. So 
I've got these five steps. The first one is interest events. And so I like to hold um, every couple of weeks an event that is super comfortable for a not yet believer to come to, for a fr believing friend to bring a not yet believing friend uh, to that interest event. So, so now I have a way of meeting people because I don't go to a regular workplace where there's lots of believers or other environments that you guys might be a part of that might work uh, great for meeting people that are people of peace. So I need to kind of create things for that because that's a gap in my map. Otherwise, I'm not going to meet these people. The second step for me is to have oftentimes a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So that, that is, like I said, because a lot of times in these interest events, I'm actually having fairly deep conversations with people. Oftentimes at the end of it, I'm like, man, I'd love to grab coffee with, coffee with you. I'd love to talk to you about that particular story that you just uh, shared with me. I'd like to understand that deeper or whatever. And oftentimes they're like, great, yeah, I would love to. And so then a week later, we'll be grabbing coffee. So oftentimes that's the second step. Now, after I've had four or five one-on-one -on -one conversations, maybe they've come to my house for a meal, we've interacted a little bit more deeply, um, then I would feel comfortable when my next story from life comes up, just sort of shooting them an email or a text and saying, hey, I'm, I do this thing. If you're interested, it's really interactive. Totally get it if you're not into that kind of thing, but I'd love for you to come and invite them to a story from life. I do two story from lives a year. So that invitation, I will just offer to them and they'll go through that seven week experience if that's something that they want to do. And then if they start to come to faith in Jesus, then, then there's additional disciple making and community unfolding steps. My fourth step and the fifth step. We're going to talk about those, those in future courses, but in terms of uh, just being on a mission to see a non-believer become a disciple of Jesus. Those are the basic steps. But I want to, what I want to encourage you guys to do in the assignment for this, uh, for this one is for you to go ahead and make your own sort of journey map. What does the journey look like in your life if you were to take a non-believer from somebody you didn't really know well? Where, you, where are you likely to meet them is usually the first step in the journey. How are you likely to deepen that relationship? What does it look like for you to toggle invitation challenge in that second step? How are they going to experience a deeper conversation about spiritual things if they're curious? Let's assume that they actually want to hear or learn more about your faith. How might they do that? And is that being done in a way that is going to be helpful to them? Is there an opportunity for them to come to faith in that process? In the Storyform Life, for example, the sixth of the seven weeks, we have a really strong challenge. In terms of the challenge, we toggle that way up um, on that sixth week and ask people to, if they want to make a decision to confess Jesus as Lord. Okay, so um, we want you guys to go ahead and write this out. What we want to do is really study the gaps. And so on your next coaching call, we want to have that conversation with you, figure out what are those gaps, where, where are those steps really working for you, which steps aren't working as well for you. And so, so a great way to do this is just to um, get a, a, a Google Doc. You can use like the, the drawing tool or the presentation tool, um, Google Slides, and just kind of use shapes and arrows and just kind of make a map. It could be five steps, six steps, seven steps, three steps, whatever you want to do. Just show us what that might look like. Um, maybe somebody's already walked that journey. And again, what we're looking for is not, let's create a program and a formula for every person. What we're looking for is, is there a giant gap that is going to make it really unlikely that somebody that is going to come to faith in the kinds of process that exists that you would be inviting people into naturally? We want to have that conversation and figure that out because that actually does matter. It'll really affect the ability for somebody to, to go from having a relationship with you all the way into 
having a relationship with Jesus. And we really want to be reconciling people back to God. That's our mission. So um, take some time and draw that out. Invite um, your coach to that document. And then let's get on the call and have that conversation. Take a look at that and see how that map looks and see if there's anything we can do to tweak or improve that map. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you're feeling a yearning to learn how to make disciples in the West, we just want to invite you to join our Made for Mission Coaching Intensive, where we combine online content and personal coaching that's going to provide you with the teaching and the tools and the encouragement that you need to actually see disciples made in your context. So for more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash made for mission. We'll see you for the next episode.